Welcome back, everyone, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am Grayson, and I'm a man, and with me is another man whose <laughs> name is Josh. Hello. We are men. I am man two, you're man one, and together we are Rising Action. <laughs> um, I believe this is going to be our serial episode. Um, it's it's really a toss-up at this point. Who knows? You know, but we don't at this current moment in time. But regardless, we're going to be talking... It's a, it's really a surprise, you know. Uh, this episode, we're going to just keep it brief. We're going to be talking about worlds we've been exploring. Classic staple of rising action. Um, so without further ado, Josh, worlds that have been walked upon by you. The land of Bill Murray. I have planted a flag and I am now the captain of Bill Murray land. Is this uh, in reference to uh, the movie that you watched this past week that I saw on your Instagram story. Yes. So it was in uh, reference to the Life Aquatic, which I thought I would like more than I did. And I was kind of sad about it because I really do love Wes Anderson and I think he's awesome. But for whatever reason, the Life Aquatic just didn't connect with me super well. Um, It's got the same tone and feel of all of his other movies. But like the plot was just odd you know i don't i don't know if you've seen it before or not but i have not fantastic mr fox it's very odd isle of dogs is odd but like there's a i guess there's a linear journey that you go on in those movies that you kind of you know it's a little bit more of the typical plot structure i guess and at least in terms of like the the journey you go on and life aquatic is Oh, it's just weird. So yeah. weird. And I think it, it's just, it's done intentionally because it, it follows Bill Murray's character and he is also all over the place. And so in that sense, like I don't necessarily fault um, the story for being what it is. I just didn't necessarily connect with what it was as well as I have with some other Wes Anderson movies. Hmm. Is it still worth the watch though? Yeah, for sure. I definitely enjoyed it, but I probably enjoyed it slightly less just because I didn't feel that, um, I don't know, I, I just didn't connect with the story as much as I would have liked to. I think just about all of his other movies that I've seen, I've just loved them. Absolutely loved them. Yeah. Um, and I love his style. I love the way he tells stories. I love his quirky characters and kind of the funny one-liners and the, the odd little, you know, quirks that he, uh, brings out in people or highlights in people. But for this movie, it just didn't connect with me as well as uh, some of some other ones have. So you're saying I should probably just go watch Garfield, A Tale of Two Kitties again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Like, listen. At least you get to see some lasagna Bill movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, um, I I kind of liked Garfield as a kid, especially that one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, those are those are some interesting movies. Those are uh, weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a big. I mean, I'm a big Ghostbusters guy. Like, I own that the Steelbook for that. So I I do like me some. Which some Steelbook Murray. do you have? Like which um, version? I of the got it book? at Best 
I got it at Best Buy real cheap. I think it's the just the Blu-ray. It's not the 4K, um, which is Ooh. fine with me. I, I'm I'm not a stickler for that, but um, it's pretty cool. It's like the Ghostbusters in the library uh, in the beginning. Oh yeah, and it's the librarian ghost. Which, fun fact, uh, I like. I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, and I'm quite excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is the new one that's coming out. And it's like actually a proper sequel um, yeah. and done by the um, I believe it's the son of Ivan Reitman um, or maybe it is Ivan Reitman either way. Um, but there was a video game for Ghostbusters, which was supposed to be basically like Ghostbusters three. And they give this whole backstory to the librarian ghost. Like you go back to the, the New York public library and she's still haunting the place. Like they didn't capture her or whatever. And like her story is so messed up. Like she had this like boyfriend who ended up killing her and burying her in the library. Um, and Good yeah, grief. it's it's pretty dark. It, that that game is spooky. That game is creepy. That's what got me into horror games. So either way, but but all the main cast comes back for it. The whole cast. I mean, um, Ernie Hudson, uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, I keep on almost saying their actual character names. I'm like, oh yeah, Peter Vinkman, and I'm like Bill Murray um, and Harold Ramis. They all come back, and you play as like a new Ghostbuster who just doesn't really talk, but. Um, yeah, I, it's weird though. Like I haven't seen as many Bill Murray movies as I should. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool though. His son, uh, played, uh, at Clemson. And so way back in like 20, like he would, when his son played, he would come to like all the games and like would have one of the box seats up at Clemson. That's pretty cool. Um, That's pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, and so he was like on ESPN and stuff like that. And there was one, t- there was like this funny skit with him, even though he, he was predicting Clemson was going to win. They didn't win that game. Sorry, Bill Murray, you know, um, so maybe, maybe you've inspired me to go watch some more because like, he's one of those actors that I like genuinely think is underrated. Bill Murray. Like, yeah. Like I, th- like, I don't feel like enough people talk about him. No, because like, like you have to call a one eight hundred number to get in contact with him. Like <laughs> nobody knows what he's doing or where he is, or nobody yeah, can talk to I, him. I don't know where he's at. He's he's old though, which and I, yeah, he, I don't realize people don't realize how, how old he actually is. But what is he like? Sixty five, seventy, something like that. Oh, he's got to be in his seventies, nearly eighty now. Um, but how, wait, when did the Life Aquatic come out? Say that again. When did the Life Aquatic come out? It's like 2004, I think. Oh, okay, that's that's what I figured. I figured it was like 2003 to 2005-ish, somewhere in there. Yep, 2004. It looks cool. really good for a movie yeah. shot in 2004. Um, I had heard I had heard about the movie a little bit, but I really was not familiar with it until I saw you and uh. Haley post about it and I was like oh that's that movie with Bill Murray in the the fisherman's hat <laughs> so funny story right she did not want to watch the life aquatic she wanted to watch the movie Matilda which I didn't want oh, to watch oh yes and so it's, how dare you I, of course <laughs> so she she got sassy with me and she said you know what how about this I'm gonna put on my story have you seen 
Matilda, Big Lebowski, and The Life Aquatic. And she was like, and the one that the most people know of were watching that one. Of course, like all of her followers are between the ages of like 15 and 25, and they're predominantly female. And I was like, there's no chance any of these people know what The Life Aquatic or Big Lebowski are. And they're all going to know what Matilda is. And so I was like, no, we're not doing that. Um, but she still put them on her story and like nobody knew what the Big Lebowski was. Nobody knew what the Life Aquatic was. And 94% yeah. of them knew what Matilda was. And I was like, this you is know, depressing. Funny, as I voted on that, I voted on that and I, it was like, have you seen Matilda? And I went, yes. Have you seen the Life Aquatic? No. Have you seen the Big Lebowski? No. And Bro. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so I was part of that. You sold me out. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Matilda is great. Okay, it's super good. You got Danny DeVito. You got Danny DeVito. Uh, <laughs> it's and really Danny good. DeVito. I, listen, I, I saw Matilda on Broadway and it slapped. So that's what she saying. said. She was like, "Matilda's the greatest play ever," and I was like, "It's good, dude." She's like Sips eleven, water. but cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What was I going to say? Uh, I watched Luca. Oh, yeah. How was that? It was awesome. Like, really? Oh, yeah. So maybe I have a... Um, maybe I just like watch Disney movies differently than every other movie. Maybe it was Pixar, regardless. Animated movies targeted at kids. I watch them differently than everything else. And the only thing I really want to get out of it was like, is it cute? Is it entertaining? Um, and did I not hate it? And that's basically it. And if a movie is yeah. any of those things, I will enjoy it. And Luca was all of them, which yeah doesn't necessarily mean anything other than it didn't stink. It was cute. And I kind of liked it. So, yeah, but, but like, it's really, um, it's got some really intensely poignant moments in there which is always a plus for, for movies targeted at kids when they can get a moment in there that the adults watching will also appreciate. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's funny and goofy, just like a lot of other Pixar movies are. Um, it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot, and I would 1,000% watch it again. It was kind of like the, like the Big Hero 6 kind of, you know, it, it's obviously a movie made for kids, but I feel like adults will watch mm. it and love it. It was kind of like on the same level as Soul for me. It was really, really good. Yeah. Interesting. I was about to ask you, out of like the more recent Pixar movies, because we had Soul back in December, we've had Luca, which I haven't seen Luca. Um, and then we had, um, what was it? Uh, Onward, um, mm. right around it was like may of 20 uh 20 um i think those were the three big pixar movies yeah. um which of them have you seen all three of them yeah okay which one which one do you think stands out the most Ugh. i think i like onward the best of those three um, really okay yeah i liked onward a lot but i also love soul and luca probably the same amount so i like yeah. all of them and i probably if you were to look at my letterbox i probably rated all three of them either a four and a half or a five star so yep. i think they're all great 
and it, it's probably just comes down to personal preference in terms of style. And it I think definitely. Onward was it was just like more of an adventure movie, and so I, mm-hmm. you know, probably just enjoyed that one more. Um, but Soul, I mean, each of them has things about them that just are really, really awesome. I mean, Soul, Soul was groundbreaking, at least in my eyes, just because of the way it portrayed African-American people so realistically, I guess. And it wasn't stereotypical or goofy or anything like that. Um, it was incredibly well done. And it was like, it was a movie that you could tell was made with care, which is what you always want yeah. out of a movie like that anyway. And so that for me was fantastic. And Luca is, uh, it's probably a little bit more of like the classic um, Pixar story, but the characters are really cool. The concept is really interesting. Uh, and it also has like an Amalfi Coast, you know, Italy kind of vibe to it, which is really, really dope. Yeah. Yeah. What I found with Pixar movies, and I'll just say this before I transition in just a, a couple of things that I've like uh, worlds I've been exploring, but with Pixar movies, people's favorites always tend to lean towards like a relational attribute of the story to 100 so for me so i haven't seen luca but out of the most recent pixar movies like i soul was definitely my favorite um i i really really loved soul um whereas my um one of my friends because um he is a younger brother and the main character is a younger brother is very inclined onward and actually the i mean his story is so like you know in real life is so similar to the characters in that movie that like Mm. onward had touched him very very deeply like his father um had passed away and uh he would like you know he was the younger brother he has an older brother um about the same age gap as even in the the movie so um for me like toy story is my thing because i like as a kid like i just saw a lot of myself in andy you know and um and so like you know relating to like that whole aspect like i just um like i loved my toys growing up or whatever and like kind of having them be actual characters with life you know oh yeah Um, and i love incredibles because of superheroes like obviously um soul i liked because it just felt i don't know like i i think soul was a great one because i think a lot of people could relate to it like you didn't have to be a musician or anything it was more so the grand scheme of like your dreams like you know it's just it's more so like you're not like and, and you know, there was like people who got onto it for like if it con- like was contradictory to their religious beliefs or whatever which like I just kind of put that to the side I was like that's yeah, not that really was like dumb. the point of the movie yeah I'm like it doesn't it's not saying anything about anybody's religion like no. it incorporates all aspects of that but like it's a way to tell people like oh you're like your passion can be your purpose you know like sort of thing like what makes you happy like and you don't have to be the best at it, but you can still be like, it can still be your thing and bring you joy and yeah. make you con- like contribute to the world. So, um, and I mean, each of these movies is just like their production quality has gotten so good. Pixar. Oh, good um, Lord. Yeah. I they're mean, so good. I'm now. astounded by their animation. Like, 
I can see the pores on people's faces. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but it's, uh, it's ridiculous yeah, we'll how good they look now, how, how well animated they are. And yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, before we wrap up, I'll get into just a couple quick uh, worlds I've been exploring. I haven't watched many movies. I watched Shang-Chi, um, and that was Yo, really, really was that great. Good? Yeah, dude. It's so good. It, it The hype is real. The hype is, is the real. Hype? Okay, is. so I haven't seen it. I probably will see it. But, like, I don't know. It just seemed like a B-Marvel movie, at least from... Like, the marketing wasn't amazing. Yeah. They didn't have any... They- like super well-known actors. I, I knew uh, Simu Liu. That's, is that how you say his name? I, I hope I'm not butchering mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I knew him from Kim's Convenience, which is a really funny TV show. But like, I hadn't seen him in a movie, honestly. And uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, this is his like big breakout role for sure. Yeah. I saw on Twitter he posted he's in a bunch of stock photos on like iStock yeah. on the internet. So, like, yeah. he hadn't really done anything. He's just a stock photo. He's, like, the Asian business guy in stock photos, and it's just yeah. really funny. He he put the, like, pictures, and there's one where they're, like, all laughing yeah. at, like, a computer screen, and he's just, like, all of us laughing when they said, Shang, like, Shang-Chi yeah. would flop. <laughs> when he said it would flop. Yeah, because it's made, I think it's made, like, the most money uh, at the box office during the pandemic, which is saying something. That's nuts. Um, yeah, and, I mean, Disney chose not to release this on Disney Plus uh, alongside so on Disney Plus. Definitely smart because that's what they did with Black Widow and then Scarlett Johansson sued them and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, no, like I'd say I, I've been explaining this to people, but like I, I saw it almost a week ago. Um, Shang-Chi, it's, it's in my top five solo Marvel movies or MCU movies. So like, di- like, not including Civil War or your Avengers movies. Like, disregarding those, it's definitely in my top five. Like, it's up there with uh, Doctor Strange and um, Winter Soldier and Thor Ragnarok. And I guess I guess you can consider the Guardians movies, like, solo. So, like, Guardians 2. Like, it's, it is very similar to Black Panther, but I actually, I think... Yeah, there's a lot of, like, like similarities to it and Black Panther... But I think I like this one a bit more than Black Panther because, man, really? the style is really good. The soundtrack is banging. The actors are very well done. This is my it has my favorite villain in all of Marvel for That's sure. That's what I keep hearing, like, that the villain is phenomenal. So complex. And like it doesn't like it feels more like a and like he feels more like an antagonist than a uh, true villain. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's really well done. The action scenes are spectacular, like top three action scenes for sure. Um, and like in, in, in a movie um, or a Marvel movie, like it'd be like Winter Soldier, this and like I'm trying to think of another one that has like really good choreography, probably like Civil War. I think Civil War Shoot. had a phenomenal. It did. Civil um, War had really good choreo yeah. to me. Black Panther yeah. had cool choreography. It just didn't have great like execution necessarily. It didn't have great <laughs> CGI is the problem. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI was um, pretty poopy. Yeah. So oh it's but it's for sure like worth the watch. Like it's really funny. It feels it it's one of those what how people describe like um it does not feel like a bland Marvel movie. Like it feels very stylistic. Like 
people always refer to Ant-Man and the Wasp as being like the most bland Marvel movie ever. This is the complete opposite where it's like it is one of the least bland like it at its core. It is a uh, it is a Chinese martial arts film. Like, yeah, I love you know, that. You've got like you're. Like, I mean, it even has some famous, like, um, Chinese actors in it. But, like, it, this is kind of, like, throwback to your your Jackie Chan and your Bruce Lee and your Donnie Yen movies. Like, th- those kind of stuff. Like, yeah, fight scenes are crisp for sure. I love that. Um, I've seen some things, like, that there's too much fight scene, not enough plot going on. And I don't, like, I haven't seen it, so mm-hmm. I don't know really if any of these things are true the the two main knocks that i've found just through honestly just like being on instagram and having you know this huge community of movie cinephile nerds like watching this movie the two main things that i can see that are knocks are uh shang chi as a character is not amazing probably because he gets a little bit overshadowed by the antagonist and that the fight scenes feel a bit repetitive don't know how you see those two things, but like, what did you think about that? Um, I I guess I can see where people are coming from, but I'm thinking of like very key moments in the movie, um, and I'd have to say I disagree. I I could agree in the sense that maybe the main villain um is probably a bit more developed, um, but I think. Uh, Shang-Chi is very well-developed, too. Like, I like I believe in his character. He just feels very real to me. Like, he feels yeah. like a real guy. And I think that comes from Simu Liu's performance. Um, and, I mean, I guess people, you could consider it. Like, it, maybe it has too much action for some people. But, like, you compare it to, like, John Wick 3. Right. And, like, John Wick 3 <laughs> is a movie that has, like, it is, like, it, I think, I mean, I love the John Wick movies, but, like, John Wick 1 and 2 have, like, the perfect amount of action for me. John Wick 3, it's like, whoa, okay. Like, this is a lot, right? I think that, I don't think Shang-Chi is like that at all. I think it's very well balanced. Like, there's some moments that I'm like, like, damn, that is some good character building. Like, cool. And at that at its core, like, I think, I so I'll agree in the sense that plot, like, plot lacking, probably... But because I've I've made it very well known on the podcast that I'm always a sucker for characters over plot. So if, if characters are really well built out and their relationships are very like developed or brought down and brought back up, like whatever that may entail, and the plot is just kind of whatever. Like I think the plot is decent, but I think the the characters are very well done in this movie, and that's what really makes it for me the characters in the action so check me going to the yeah. theater this weekend because i need to see this movie oh, now for sure catch a matinee and enjoy it's it's a good time mm. might go saturday yeah. to like a three o'clock showing <laughs> yeah dude do it for sure it's so worth it um and then so that was probably the big thing that everyone's going to be more well known with but i just finished reading a comic book um which I was very excited to read. I got for my birthday. Um, and I thought it was going to be crap because I had seen so many like copies of it on shelves before at like different stores at like second and Charles and, you know, my local comic book store and right. all these places. And I'm like, ah, oh, they probably like they, the reason there's so many of these is because nobody's buying them. And I'm like, so that means they're probably bad. Oop. I was wrong. Um, 
because I started seeing like circulation on comic book TikTok, like, oh, this is a great comic book. People need to check this if you're a Spider-Man fan. And I was like, oh, man. And then one of my good friends was like, have you read uh, have you read this yet? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so he sent it to me for my birthday. Um, so it's called Spider-Man Life Story. It's a six issue miniseries. And uh, I may have talked about it on here before. I can't entirely recollect. It's been a bit. But um, basically, the concept is what if Peter Parker or the Marvel Universe age with like when they when the characters were um, first debuted. So, for example, the first issue of um, of the Amazing Spider-Man was 1962 or 1963. So the comic starts off in 1966, and Peter is a is finishing up college, mm. uh, and then it jumps to uh, 1977. So it's 11 years later, and he's at this point 30, like you know, 33, 34, um, and you know he's married and everything. And then it jumps to like 1984, so another seven years or something like that. Um, and then basically it keeps on jumping like a decade or somewhere in between a half decade and a decade. So, you know, each issue is the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and then wrapping up uh, and the 2000s and then the 2010s. Um, it was a really, really good comic. Um, and I like I enjoyed it a lot because I was like, oh, man, like nobody ever thinks about how the comic book characters just seemingly don't age like right. <laughs> Peter Parker in the comic books like. He is older than when he went, like when he first was created. Like that's just how it was. Like when they created Peter Parker, he started off in high school. Eventually, got out of high school, went to college. You know, like he did start to, like age naturally. But then you get to the '80s, and he's still like in his like mid twenties, right? And he's been around for like twenty something years. So it's like okay, that math doesn't really add up, right? Right. And I think in the current continuity of comics, he's like. I don't know. Like he can't be older than 35. Like I, th- right. I think he's like 32 at his absolute oldest, probably around like 28. And I'm like, Spider-Man is a, like what at this point, 60 year old character, like, or he's about to be a 60 year old character. Like he, <laughs> he would be at this point in time, assuming he was 17 in 1963, he would almost be like 73 or 74 now. Yeah. Right. He'd be an old um, heart. Right. And that's what the comic does. I mean, by the 2010s, he's an old man. Like yeah. he is, he's like 75 and, uh, cause it wraps up in 2019. So, um, so yeah, but it was a really good read. I read it the other day on my day off. I flew through it. The artist, um, Mark Bagley is like my favorite comic book artist of all time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, if you're into like, if you're into Spider-Man at any degree and you kind of want more of like a, dramatized um, version of Spider-Man that like you feel like you're living through his life. It's definitely worth the read. It's like 18 bucks on Amazon Spider-Man life story. Oh, um, sick. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really good. So anyway, that's it for me. One other thing. Have you okay. seen the wheel of time trailer? No, I didn't even know it came out. Oh, Okay. We all know I've been like on this soapbox about the Wheel of Time for like forever. So, right. What you need to do after we record this, if you're listening, after you listen to this, go watch the Wheel of Time trailer. It's Wheel of Time. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. 
It's got a buttload of budget. It's got Rosman Pike. Uh, super kick-ass looking show. The trailer came out, uh, I want to say like last week. Dude. Yep. Oh my God, it looks so good. It looks really? phenomenal. Okay. You have I'll, got I'll to watch check it this out. After we're done recording this. Okay, I will. It's going to be phenomenal. I honestly, like once this show comes out, because I feel like it hasn't gotten a ton of publicity other than just like fans of no. Wheel of Time knowing about it, which would make total sense because they're fans of the books. Right. Um, but like it's not getting mainstream press. Like The Witcher got straight up mainstream press. It was like the biggest show uh, of, you know, the summer. It, like everybody was talking about it. There was a convention. There's yeah. a Witcher con. Yes. <laughs> Nobody is talking about Wheel of Time, at least not anywhere near on the same level. Um, it's going to be awesome at least it looks like from the trailer it's going to be awesome it's got the budget you would want for something like this it's got actors that appear like they're good actors the cg looks really good it looks like it's going to be really big scale kind of thing um it's going to be awesome yeah i i don't know if i listen i i think i've started to transition into the point where i don't feel like i have to read the books to watch you the, don't. like the adaptation anymore you totally like, don't i used to be like oh man i i need to be a real fan or whatever and it's like i'm going to read what i want to read yeah. so like i've seen the lord of the rings movies one day i'd like to read the books but i have not does that make me a fake fan no but i'm not as i'm not as cool as the people who have read them or like harry potter i wanted to read the books right so i read the books like and I like that, but like Wheel of Time, I've heard the first couple books like are slow to get through, and I'm like, I don't really want to read that. I'll watch the show. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was talking I'll, to I was talking to Seth today, and we were going back and forth about Dune, and I was like, you know, I'll be completely honest, I don't think I'm gonna read Dune before the movie comes out. I think I'm just gonna watch the movie and then I'll read the book after that. And he was like, you know what? That's acceptable. And I said, okay, good. <laughs> Has has he read it? He has not read Dune. No, I don't know like anybody yeah, who has I've, read Dune. Dude, there it, it is hilarious. There is a whole like <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a word. This there's a big group of people right now that are excited for the new Dune movie, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna read the the book, right? And <laughs> like one of the things will be like when you realize you have to read Dune to actually read Dune it's like them crying you yeah. know like dude <laughs> Dune is not an easy book to read it's like 1960s sci-fi so it's basically like going yeah. back to read Lord of the Rings but like you know just a few years after that and sci-fi so it's like that same kind of like really difficult to read language mm. just because it's different it's so different and on People top of that the, the world building <laughs> is dense yeah, lots of people were saying they're like, I'm like, no, I'm like, you're so like, you're so right. I'm 220 pages in. And all the only character I know is Paul. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know what all of this stuff is. And yeah. it's like, that's that's actually funny. I'm like that. I'm like, I like that people are collectively struggling. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's to be tough. like, oh, okay. I'm like, OK, we're all in this together. Nobody knows what's happening in Dune. By the way, the Dune movie reviews have been very very good like yeah. they have been high praise thank god there's no review embargo like people can actually release their reviews that means the filmmakers are confident it's actually going to be a good movie <laughs> and reviewers yeah. are saying it's good which is fantastic news 
Yeah, it's funny. It got like a 10 out of 10 uh, from like one review website, but the one, they had a con and it was like suffers from white savior complex. And I was like, okay. Oh. And then uh, and people were like, yeah, it's because the book was written in the 60s. That's why he's white. Like, you know, it's like it doesn't like just because it doesn't mean that a white person can't be a savior, you know, whatever. It's like and clearly there's people of color in the movie. You've got Oscar Isaac, you've got Javier Bardem, you got Zendaya. Like you've got people in there. Jason Momoa even like. um, But anyway, has IGN uh, done a review of it yet? Yes, they gave it like a freaking six, and people are like, oh. IGN, you're sti- yeah, I, dude. IGN has some stinker reviews. They reviewed <laughs> what is like it is. It's so funny because like every episode of Loki, they gave it a seven, and they're like, okay, so <laughs> like you gave you're like every episode can't be a seven. Like that's not how it works. It's so funny. I think they did do a review of Doom though, and it was like it was definitely like a six or a seven. And people were like, okay, so I like IGN, I, I, I can't believe you. Oh my gosh. Um, it's, it's quite hilarious. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I'd like to read Dune at some point. Oh, I was, I was even going to say though, my dad is excited for the new one, but he said, oh, the original movie sucked. Yeah. <laughs> was it was like, not good. It was it, a is that tire really? fire. I, f- I found it. Okay, I found the review. IGN.com. Dune is a gorgeous but imperfect epic, a technical wonder that spends too much time setting up a third act that never comes. And they gave it a 7 out of 10. And they said, <laughs> that top comment says, so it's a 9 probably. <laughs> <laughs> and then and the, the next comment said, another 7. And then another comment said, 7GN. Like, that's, that's all Gosh. they give stuff is 7s. It's like That's like saying Fellowship of the Ring is a 7 out of 10 because it's setting up the 2 towers like, <laughs> does it have a because people know there's going to be a sequel like right. it's it is the first part right does it have uh, a uh, rotten tomatoes rating yet um that's a great question let's uh let's look that up shall we you mean like the audience well i guess there can't be an audience there's not an audience score but i was wondering if they've got like a critic score of it yet yeah um Let's see, not doing 1984. We I don't want to talk about it. It's got an 86. Hey, I like that. Yeah, the thing that's weird about Rotten Tomatoes, so it's 42 reviews, which is pretty good. The, I, the one thing that I didn't know about Rotten Tomatoes, and man, this has turned into a really long episode. This is what's going to happen. Anyway, um, it's I didn't know that Rotten Tomatoes bases it on, it's, it is basically an all or nothing situation. It just asks critics if they liked it or if they disliked it. And so it's basically a poll, like an Instagram poll, and it's like, <laughs> like so they do like a hundred hey, of them, like it? and it's based on like the percentage of people that said they liked it. Yeah, yeah. So say you get like a room of you know a hundred people, and they say that eighty four of them liked it and sixteen didn't, and it's going to be an eighty four percent. Like that's how it works. It's like an actual percentage, not like it doesn't like they're not doing any type of score. At least that's from what I understand. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, because it says it's like it's based on voting. It says 42. Yeah, because it's based on either like if it's rotten or if it's uh, fresh, if it's not. Yeah, if it's fresh. So like I'm looking at it and it's like I'm seeing on the front page. There's two rotten reviews. 
uh, they do have scores, but some of the reviews don't have scores. Like, I don't think it's obligatory, but that's weird. Most of them so are do, four out of fives. Do they do a hundred audience members for the audience score as well? Or I guess I mean, it's not based right? off of, or is it just I mean, like it's the not, total they don't number. cap it. Okay. It's a total number. So it's the percentage. So say you did like 1,792, uh, people, right. And 1600 of them liked it. Like. I don't know what's the what's the math there. It's probably uh, high eighties, ninety percent. I don't know. It's it's eighty nine. There you go. Hey, look at that! Look at that! Yeah, I'm a freaking wizard. <laughs> so, yeah, bro. I'm a wizard, um, Harry. That's why, like, you got to take rotten tomatoes with a grain of salt. I feel like that's kind of a weird saying. Rotten tomatoes with a grain of salt. Anyway, I feel like my uh, tomatoes would not <laughs> taste good with salt on them. No, Do you eat, eat tomatoes, tomatoes with folks. salt on them? Is that a thing? I or mean, do you put sugar them, on them? I guess. I feel like I've seen people put sugar on their tomatoes, like raw red tomatoes. They put sugar on them. I know people do that with strawberries, not tomatoes. Does anybody put sugar on their tomatoes? Uh, it, please DM us or tweet <laughs> us um, at rising action underscore and uh, and let us know. Do you eat tomatoes with raw sugar? If you do, <laughs> you're insane. That's so weird. Just eat the raw <laughs> tomato. It's good for you. It's got potassium oh, in it, apparently. Man. I didn't know that. I, my foot was cramping, and I was like, man, I need a banana because I need some potassium. And my dad's like, oh, there's potassium in raw tomatoes. I looked it up. Sure enough, there is. Man, you learn new things you every know. day. Why go to school when you can listen to us? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's why you're listening to the Rising Action Podcast. Um... Again, follow us at RisingAction underscore. You can follow me at Trades3. You can follow him at JoshJohnson98, possibly with two N's. I forget which We're one We're almost anymore. at 1,000 uh, followers on Instagram. We're almost there. Please. Follow J- us on Instagram. Josh makes amazing content for our Instagram, and I sit here doing nothing. So um, please go follow us. Nobody can see, but I'm doing the cringe smile right now. I'm just like <laughs> melting into the shadows. <laughs> Listen, this is why Josh has a full-time job as a, a media communications director, and I work at a golf course, right? <laughs> <laughs> no shade uh, at all. I'm not throwing shade. I'm proud of you, bro. No, oh, thanks, dude. I love you, too. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Piss boy out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Rising Action. You can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore, and we will see you in the next episode.